Welcome, friends, to the new season of Behind the Text, a podcast from First Covenant Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Pastor Evan, and I'm glad you've joined us for Season 2, where we look at a whole lot of Bible words. Today we begin a three-part series on repentance, a topic guaranteed to make you stop and rethink what you're doing. A friend of mine who used to be in car sales once told me a disturbing but true fact. When you purchase a car, the moment you drive it off the lot, it decreases in value, and not by a small amount. In the first year alone, a car will diminish in value by 15 to 20 percent. Maybe this is news. Maybe it's just a sad but true fact. Even if you didn't know your car is worth less today than yesterday, we all know the feeling that comes with buying something new, like a car, home, or even a toaster. We are excited by the new purchase, but quickly, ever so quickly, a feeling beyond exhilaration sets in. You know what I'm talking about. Buyer's remorse. Should I really have purchased the $40 toaster when the $10 toaster would have burned the bread just as well? Remorse is what we might call garden variety repentance. We could also call it repentance level one, realizing that something is wrong. Hard stop. In Exodus 13, we encounter this kind of remorse. Chapter 13, verse 17 says, quote, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt, unquote. The phrase change their minds is repentance. There is a decision that has been made. They mentally know what needs to be done, and in this case, they have made it to step two. Don't get ahead of me here, though. That's for next week. They have made it to step two, but they are really uncertain about the mental decision they've made and its necessary follow-through. Obviously, God is aware of their thinking, which is why he set their GPS to take them through the Red Sea instead of through Philistine territory. Concerning this verse, Old Testament scholar James Bruckner says, quote, In this passage, the mention of Philistine country and facing war were ominous in the ancient historical setting. Newly liberated slaves with their families were not prepared for this, unquote. To face this threat, Bruckner continues to say, would have been a temptation for the Israelites to return to Egypt. This is an Old Testament case of buyer's remorse. What have we done, they think. Maybe it really was better in Egypt. And that's not the last time they'll have that thought. For a New Testament example of repentance, level one, we have Judas Iscariot. Judas is famous as a disciple who stole money from the disciples' pocketbook and also betrayed Jesus with a kiss, turning him over to the authorities. Before his untimely end, Judas experienced the same sense of remorse. Matthew 27 verse 3 tells us, quote, When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, unquote. The chief priests and elders gave little compassion to Judas at this point. By comparison, just before Judas experienced his feeling of guilt, Matthew recounts the moment in which Peter disowned Jesus three times. All in all, this is a tough moment for the disciples. 
Eventually, though, Peter truly repents. Eventually. Again, don't get ahead of me here. While Judas' repentance is but a mental exercise. Judas never makes a full turnaround, but instead lets the guilt eat at him until his end. Now, the word employed in Matthew 27.3 and in the Greek translation of Exodus 13 is metamelamai, which means to change one's mind, feel repentance or regret. While this term is employed in a few ways throughout the New Testament, it is often used in a passive way. There is much about the passive use of this word that is an action of mental assent. The idea of guilt pangs and woulda, shoulda, coulda, but not actually gonna now. It is less common than the word for repentance we'll see next week. Metamelamai is a word that is halfway to true, full repentance. It is an idea not yet resulting in an action. A judgment of the mind unrealized in the real world. If we look at one more passage from Matthew, we can see a parable that illustrates this difference quite well. In Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32, Jesus tells a parable of two sons. Let's work together here. I'll read it, and you listen for the moment of repentance. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Did you hear it? The long and short of repentance, as we'll see, is that what you think and what you do eventually need to meet up for full repentance to occur. Repentance is a turning away, first and foremost, and that begins in the mind and heart for sure. But just like the two sons, Peter and Judas represent the complete and the incomplete of repentance. Immediately after denying Jesus, Peter felt guilty. He escapes and weeps. Judas similarly arrived at his moment of guilt as well, but he was not so honest with himself about the appropriate next step. In fact, he proceeds with the least appropriate next step as his final answer. Peter sees the problem and realizes that there can be a better tomorrow after a remorseful today. Peter makes things right with Jesus after the resurrection. I wish Judas could have seen so far ahead to do the same. Repentance. It is ultimately a turning from and towards, but it begins with the inner judgment that something isn't right and needs to be corrected. That may be guilt, remorse, regret, a change of mind, but at some point it needs to move from mental decision to life change. We all have these moments of mind or attitude change. The question is, what is the right next step? And let's be clear, there is a right next step and a wrong next step 
in every case. Let's work to choose right. Thanks for listening. If you benefited from this podcast, I guarantee one of your friends will too. Share this podcast via text, social media, email, CD, or 8-track. If you want to suggest a future podcast theme, go to firstcovenantlincoln.org media and use the form to submit your questions and ideas. I'm Pastor Evan, and I'm thankful you took this journey with me. Let's do it again soon.